Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. I'm Stefan, this is Amanda, and this is Let's Palaver about the Wastelands. Whatever thing we're on. <laughs> um, still chapter two, I think, basically? Yes, this is Book chapter one, chapter two? Part one. Part one. Sure, something along those lines. We're in the Wastelands, somewhere. <laughs> We've been keeping up. We are we're officially on chapter two, Key and Rose, is where we're starting off today. Uh... Page number 89. I was like, one! <laughs> one! No, no, that page is number one. That's oh. not where we are. We're not reading backwards? Not to my knowledge. Okay, well, I gotta find my handy-dandy notes wherever I decided to write them. I'm being environmentally friendly by using every space, apparently, in my book. And I'm being even more environmental, plainly. Not using paper at all. It's not like it makes it easier or anything. <laughs> You're only sharing the screen with our recording device. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing about that could ever go wrong at once. Yeah. All right, let's get back to, or get a little bit more information on Jake. Yes. The last chapter or part or whatever you want to call it was still all about Roland and Eddie and Susanna. And we find out Roland is literally losing his mind because he remembers the events of Jake happening, but his brain is telling him it didn't happen. And so he has literally given up all weapons and is wondering where Jake is. And now we find out where Jake is. Yes. We pick up right with Jake for three weeks. John, Jake, Chambers fought bravely against the madness rising inside him. During that time, he felt like the last man aboard a foundering ocean liner. Working the bottle pumps. Let's see. Help from somewhere. Help from anywhere. On May 31st, 1977, four days before school ended for the summer, he finally faced up to the fact that no help was going to come. It was time to give up. Time to let the storm carry him away. Yeah. The straw that broke the camel's back was his final essay in English comp. And what a final essay. <laughs> I honestly forgot that his name was actually John. Oh, John Chambers? Yeah. I, I forgot. Because his name is Jake. Yeah, I, we just, we, we're always going to call him Jake. Because he's, he's, he is Jake. He's, he's Jake. But I completely forgot that his name is actually John. And the only reason why he's called Jake is because three or four boys he's sort of friends with just call him Jake. You know, it's better than having your father's name. Yeah. I've never been... Big on the, 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 the juniors and the seconds and third, whatever. And then, like, come on, be a little original. Your name isn't that impressive. You don't need to pass it down. And apparently his father would be very disapproving if they knew if he knew that people called him Jake. His father's a douchebag. Yes, yes he is. <laughs> so we find out that Jake is 11 and he's in the sixth grade at the Piper School, which is apparently just a... Very uppity private school. Yes, yeah. <laughs> very, very uppity. They had to pay a lot of money to get Jake in that. Let's go with that. Yes. Even though his father claims otherwise. Money can't buy your way into whatever it's called. Piper. Piper. Yes. And so apparently he is very small for his age. He was mistaken for a girl for the longest time. It's cinnamon. It's pretty in case. Oh, <laughs> Um, 
But uh, he had, was mistaken for a girl, so he fussed until they finally got his haircut, which his his dad approved of it. Yes, his dad did. Because the kid wants to look like a Marine, Lori. Good for him. I don't think that was the, the point. That's not really what he was going for, but sure. To his father, he was never Jake, and rarely John. To his father, he was usually just the, the kid. kid. And that's when we break into the Piper School, according to his father being, you know. Ah, you couldn't get in with money. It was all up here. Yeah, you couldn't get in with money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was brains or nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's exactly what it was. And his name was Elmer. Elmer Chambers. That's his father's name is Elmer. <laughs> is it? Yeah. It says... Jake was perfectly aware that the fierce furnace of Elmer Chambers' mind, the gross carbon of wish and opinion, was often blasted into the hard diamonds which he called facts. His you know what? Somehow I read this. Did not ha- I, I could have <laughs> sworn his dad's name was John Chambers. No. That's why I went on the whole junior tyrant <laughs> like three seconds ago. Because that's what I thought. No, no not his, name, his name's sure. Elmer. I missed that somehow. Lori and Elmer Chambers. Okay. I was wrong completely. Okay, most fun. The fact is, money doesn't get anyone into Piper, his father had told him. The only thing that gets you into a place like Piper is what you got up here. Elmer Chambers had reached over his desk and tapped the center of his son's forehead with a hard, nicotine-stained finger. Get me, kid? Hmm. I just don't like his dad at all. Yeah, his dad is a big wig at the TV network. Yes, and we don't... At least in this particular one, we don't get almost nothing about his mother, so... No, that was all pretty much in the first one, the first book. Did they talk about his mother that much? Um, yeah, because we get... We got the story of how... Like, when Roland hypnotized him, he mm-hmm. sat there and recounted stuff about how his mom... Uh, what was it? I don't really know if we, they said what she works at, but that was the first information we get about, you know, her... Having, like, I I think she drinks a lot, and she uh, has boyfriends and stuff, which you hear again in this one. Mm -hmm. And uh, his father, of course, you know, does cocaine. (laughs) But it sounds like you got a lot. No, it's it's about the same as you get from Elmer. Well, there's a lot more about the dad in this chapter here. Mm. Like, a lot. Like, we hear about him over and over and over and over again. But... No, you you learn some bits about the mom. I just can't remember it. But yes. Yes, if you did really well at Piper, get A's all year. There's a trip to Disney World in there for him. Yeah. Yes. That's something to shoot for, right, kiddo? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Jake didn't think he would be going to Disney World this summer, A average or no A average. He thought the nut house was a much better possibility. Yeah. Sunnyvale. Yes. So, but right before that, we pretty much learned that his parents aren't home anyways. He could make all the grades he wants, and he, he assumes he makes them proud, but he never sees them. He's just in the care of the nanny or the housekeeper, Greta Shaw. Good old Greta Shaw. She called him Bama. Yes. <laughs> I've heard that from the first one. Yeah. I don't think it's ever brought up in this chapter at all, but... Yes. Um, I did like how Jake kind of, as he's going into this, he he starts imagining 
this conversation with his father. <laughs> the the whole the fact is money doesn't get anyone into Sunnyvale Sanitarium. Yeah. It's only about what's up here. The only thing that gets you into a place like that is when something big time goes wrong up here in the attic. That's what happened to the kid. But he's working his buttski off. Makes the best baskets in the place, they'll tell me. And when they let him out, if they ever do, there's a trip in it for him. A trip to the way station, Jake muttered, then touched his forehead with a hand that wanted to tremble. The voices were coming back. The yelling, conflicting voices which were driving him mad. You're dead, Jake. You're run over by a car. And you're dead. Don't don't be stupid. Look, see that poster? Room the class one picnic? It says, do you think I could have class picnics in the afterlife? I don't know. But I know you're run over by a car. No. Yes. <laughs> Poor Jake. Poor Jake. Yes. And so he's been, he's pretty much walking through school at this point and he has stopped. Just dead stopped kind of staring off into space, and so, obviously, someone's going to notice. <laughs> Mr. Bissett, his French teacher, was standing there looking a little concerned. Everyone oversleeps. Not my dad. The master of the kill never oversleeps. I think so. Let's see. Are you ready for your French final? No. No, I was never ready for my French finals. Ever. I didn't have French finals. I, I did. We had to... In order to graduate, we had to have at least, what, two years? Two years of foreign language. Yeah. So I took one year of Spanish and one year of French. So really just didn't learn anything. Yeah. That's all. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Don't worry about actually learning anything. Let's just... <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, going back. Sorry, we kind of trailed off there. Yeah, we tend to do that. But, uh... So, Mr. Bissett is pretty much saying, Well, I have enjoyed you. I just wanted to say so. And that I'm looking forward to having you back for French 2 next year. Thanks, Jake said, and wondered what Mr. Bissett would say if he added, but I don't think I'll be taking French 2 next year unless I can get a correspondence course delivered to my postal box at good old Sunnyvale. Good old Sunnyvale. So he, Jake he has pretty much condemned himself to the nut house. He right? knows, well, he, he's, going, <laughs> he's going pretty insane. And then he said, uh... Yeah, he hated him himself. The sound of that bell seemed to go right through his head. I can't hold on much longer, he thought despairingly. I'm sorry, but I'm losing it. I'm really, really losing it. And then, of course, someone else starts to notice he's acting a little funny. Because <laughs> he's acting a little funny. Yes. So, Jake was almost undone by the kindness in Mr. Bissett's voice. Yes, something is on my mind. One hell of a nasty little factoid. I died, you see, and I went into another world, and then I died again. You're going to say that stuff like that doesn't happen, and of course you're right. And part of my mind knows you're right, but most of my mind knows that you're wrong. It did happen. I did die. Yeah, but of course he's not going to say anything like that. Oh, of course not. So. 
Jake forced himself to smile at Mr. Bissett. I'm a little worried about the exam, that's all. Mr. Bissett winked. You'll do fine. Miss Frank began to ring the assembly bell. Each peal stabbed through Jake's ears and seemed to flash across his brain like a small rocket. Come on, Mr. Bissett said. We'll be late. Can't be late on the first day of final weeks, can we? Yes, yes, we can. We can definitely be late. That's not a big deal. Slipped into his seat to the rear of the room and let the morning announcements wash over him. The terror ran endlessly on his mind, making him feel like a rat trapped in an exercise well. And when he tried to look ahead to something better, brighter time, he could see only darkness. <laughs> the ship was his sanity, and it was sinking. Yeah, he's... he's... He, very, very reminiscent of what's going on with Roland, obviously. Yeah. So. Um, so pretty much he's just kind of sitting at this assembly, just once again, having these voices in his head going back and forth. And he, they start singing the school song, which, how they even got the song, I don't know. It's messed up. <laughs> but, um, but anyways, as they're singing it, he says that he thought about the place where he had awakened after dying. At first, he had believed himself to be in hell. And when the man in the black hooded robe came along, he had been sure of it. Then, of course, the other man had come along. A man Jake had almost come to love, but he let me fall. He killed me. He could feel prickly sweat breaking out on the back of his neck and between his shoulder blades. So we held the halls of Piper, hold its banner high. Hell to thee, our alma mater. Piper, do or die. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like in my head, too. <laughs> God, what a shitty song, Jake thought, and it suddenly occurred to him that his father would love it. I'm sure he would, though. Mm. How the hell do you get a school song like that? <laughs> I remember we had, vaguely, vaguely remember us having a school song. Don't remember it all now. Probably for the best. <laughs> but yes. So he, back earlier, we kind of got a hint that he had a English paper, a final essay. Most definitely. And the assignment was my understanding of the truth. Mm-hmm. The truth. It would count for 25% of their final grade for the semester. Yes, it would. So, yep, yeah, he goes to English class. Uh, came in. There's, there's uh, eleven. There were only eleven pupils. Yes. There, which of course, he goes in the whole thing about what, one teacher for eleven kids. Yeah. That's the best in like the East Coast or whatever it is. Uh, he didn't really care, but he knew it was something his father would like. Yep. He had popped his fist repeatedly on the lectern at the front of the common room to emphasize the point. Jake hadn't been terribly impressed, but he had passed the information along to his father. Of course. So, yes, he's sitting at his desk. He, 
he starts to unzip his bag and pull out a folder when, when something catches his eye from across the room. No, nothing too special, at least for us. No, not at all. It's the door to the cloak room. The and cloak room? Yes. He knew to the cloak room, which I assume is just the coat closet. Yeah. <laughs> they have fancy words at Piper. <laughs> oh, the hell they do. They're the ever. Hmm. Nothing back there except a lot of brass coat hooks and a line on the wall and a long rubber mat on the floor for boots. No big deal. All the same, Jake rose from his seat, leaving the folder unopened on the desk, and walked across to the door. He could hear his classmates murmuring quietly together and the rifle of pages as they checked their own final essays. It was the door which held his attention. In the last ten days or so, as the voices in his head grew louder, Jake had become more and more fascinated with doors. It says... All kinds of doors. He must have opened the one between his bedroom and his upstairs hallway 500 times in just the last week. And the one between his bedroom and bathroom, a thousand. Each time he did it, he felt a tight ball of hope, anticipation in his chest, as if the answer to all his problems lay somewhere behind this door or that one. And he would surely find it, eventually. But each time, it was only the hall, or the bathroom, or the front wall, or whatever. Poor him. Yeah. He knows he, ha- he needs to go through a door. Yes. He has to get through a door to fix his problems somehow. He, d- he just keeps hoping that behind one of these doors is going to be the desert, is going to be that world. And so it has gotten so bad even that he's fallen asleep and woken up and realized he was standing in front of a door for 45 minutes. <laughs> and it's just like, luckily, no one had seen him. Now as he approached the cloakroom door, he felt that same dazzling burst of hope. A certainty that the door would not open on a shadowy closet containing only the persistent smells of winter, but on some other world where he could be whole again. Hot, dazzling light would fall across the classroom floor in a widening triangle, and he would see birds circling in a faded blue sky, the color of his eyes, old jeans. A desert wind would blow his hair back and the dry, nervous sweat on his brow. Oh, I love the, his eyes. I know. The I color of his eyes. Yeah. He would step through this door and be healed. Jake turned the knob and opened the door. Inside was only darkness and a row of gleaming brass hooks. One long forgotten mitten lay near the stacked piles of blue books in the corner. Yeah, not 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 a desert, not a not Roland's world. Not even a little bit. And so he just feels like crawling into this closet reverting back to very young childhood days of sucking on your thumb and just giving up. And yet, there was a deep steel in Jake Chambers, as surely there was deep steel in Eddie and Susanna. Now it flashed out its dour blue lightning gleam in the darkness. There would be no giving up. Whatever was loose inside him might tear his sanity away from him in the end. But he would give no quarter, in no meantime, be damned if he would. Never he thought fiercely, Nava! 
When you finished your inventory of the school supplies in the cloakroom, John, perhaps you'd care to join us. Miss Avery said from behind him in her dry, cultured voice. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, yeah I don't know what you're doing, but you're just kind of looking in the closet. Yeah. So everyone starts laughing. He starts heading back to his class. He randomly gets hit on by some chick. It just... Yeah, I don't know. She's just like, take me in there with you next time, she whispered. Then you'll have something to look at. It's like, I don't know if it was hitting or is it more just making fun of? I, I don't know, but either way. Well, it says, Petra Jesseling looked at him with merry dancing eyes. So, I'm assuming she's hitting on him. Maybe. You're in the sixth grade. Calm down. <laughs> You're too young for those things. No. So, she's... The teacher has started to drone on, and Jake has finally started looking at his essay. Oh, has he ever. And he can't remember ever writing an essay. My Understanding of the Truth by John Chambers. One of the... Typed the center sheet, and that was all right. But he had, for some reason, pasted two photographs below it. One was of a door. He thought he might be, it might be the one at number 10 Downing Street in London. And the other was of an Amtrak train. There were color shots, undoubtedly cold from, uh, cold from some magazine. Why did I do that? And when did I do it? He turned the page and started down the first page of his final essay. Unable to believe or understand what he was seeing. That it was understood. Then, as understanding began to trickle through his shock, through his shock, he felt an escalating sense of horror. I had finally, it had finally happened. He had finally lost enough of his mind that other people would be able to tell. Yes, and indeed, holy cow! His 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 essay is um quite interesting. I love um, we have a quote from Robert uh, Sundance Browning. Hmm? Was it the little quote? From, yeah. I believe there was also the same quote at the beginning oh, yeah. of the book. Oh, yeah, and then I will show you fear in a handful of dust was also... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's right. I don't know what I'm talking about. Robert Browning right there. But, yes. I will show you fear in a handful of dust by T.S. Butch Elliott, and then my first thought was, He Lied in Every Word by Robert Sundance Browning. And then it just goes all kinds of crazy. Well, this is his understanding of the truth. Yeah, apparently. The gunslinger is the truth. Roland is the truth. The prisoner is the truth. The lady of shadows is the truth. The prisoner and the lady are married. That is the truth. The way station is the truth. The speaking demon is the truth. We went under the mountains and that is the truth. There were monsters under the mountain. That is the truth. One of them had an Amoco gas pump between his legs and was pretending it was his penis. That is the truth. Apparently. Very much the truth. Roland let me die. That is the truth. I still love him. That is the truth. And then a little little thing about reading The Lord of the Flies that nobody cares about. Far, far away, Jake turned to the second page of his final essay with a trembling hand, leaving a dark smear of sweat on the first page. When is a door not a door? When it's a jar. And that is the truth. Blaine is the truth. Blaine is the truth. What has four wills and flies? 
a garbage truck, and that is the truth. Blaine is the truth. You have to watch Blaine all the time. Blaine is a pain, and that is the truth. I'm pretty sure that Blaine is dangerous, and that is the truth. What is black and white and red all over? A blushing zebra, and that is the truth. Blaine is the truth. I want to go back, and that is the truth. I want to go back, and that is the truth. I'll go crazy if I don't go back, and that is the truth. I can't go home again unless I find a stone, a rose, a door, and that is the truth. Choo choo, and that is the truth. Choo choo, choo choo, choo choo, choo choo, choo choo, choo choo. I'm afraid, and that is the truth. Choo choo. <laughs> what a fun little final essay you've written. <laughs> He heard Miss Avery say in her clear, pale voice, Your son is seriously ill. If you need proof, just look at this final essay. Do you perhaps keep, do you perhaps keep certain mood-altering prescription drugs in the house where John might have access to them? Jake didn't know about mood-altering drugs, but he knew his father kept several grams of cocaine in the bottom drawer of his study desk. His father would undoubtedly think he had been into it. <laughs> Gotta get in that cocaine early. He turned over to the last page of his final essay. There was no words on it. Instead, he had... He had a... Pasted? There was no words on it. Instead, he had pasted another picture to the paper. It was a photograph of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. He had used a crayon to scribble it black. The dark waxy lines looped and swooped in a lunatic coils. He could remember doing none of this. Absolutely none of it. Come on, Jake, you wrote a whole essay. <laughs> or, I don't think it's as many words as it's supposed to be. Because I'm pretty sure it was between like two and five thousand words or something. I think you're a little short. <laughs> But your understanding of the truth is very interesting. There's definitely some truth there, though. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of truth there. And, of course, Jake is starting to worry more and more that they are going to send him to Sunnyvale. They'll tell everybody I went awake, Jake thought. The arguing voices in his head were temporarily stilled by a rising tide of panic. They'll say, I'm spending the year with my aunt and uncle in Modesto, or in Sweden as an exchange student, or repairing satellites in outer space. My mother won't like it. She'll cry, but she'll go along. She has her boyfriends, and besides, she always goes along with what he decides. She, they, me. He felt a shriek welling up in his throat and pressed his lips tightly together to hold it in. He looked down again at the wild black scribble snarled across the photograph of the leaning tower and thought, I have to get out of here. I have to get out right now. So he raised his hand. Yes, John, what is it? Mrs. Avery was looking at him, and the expression of mild exasperation she reversed, reserved for students who interrupted her in the middle mid-lecture. I'd like to step out for a moment, if I may, Jake said. And then we get a nice little thing about how kids at Piper don't use certain language. They don't have to take a pee. They don't, you know, have to go out anywhere. It's simply, I would like to step out for a moment. You step out for a moment. Just, just a moment. Mrs. Every sighed, 
Must you, John? Yes, ma'am. I'll return as soon as possible. Yes, Mrs. Avery. Oh, all right. Return as soon as possible. Yes, Mrs. Avery. Here we go. Uh, he closed the folder, and as he got up, took a hold of it, then reluctantly let go again. No good. Mrs. Avery would wonder why he was taking his final essay to the toilet with him. Yeah, that could be a bit suspicious. Yeah. He, he had the afterthought of, maybe I should have crumpled it up, put it in my pocket, and then walked, or then asked, but he didn't think about it. So it's a little late now. Hindsight's twenty twenty. It is. Hmm. So, yes. So, yeah. And then, once again, he heads to the door, and as he reaches for it to open it, he has that just sudden rush that, once again, it's going to be... The door he needs. And it's it's just the hallway. And it says, He opened the door, and it was only the hallway on the other side. But he was right about one thing, just the same. He never saw Miss Avery's classroom again. All that foreshadowing. Oh, yeah. I think we end on some foreshadowing, too. Yeah, we, we do. We do. Like, for the love of God. <laughs> Don't leave any mystery here at all, do you, yeah, Stephen yeah. Just... So he's walking down the hall and he's just, he, he, the voices in his head, of course, are going back and forth. He's just like, I died. No, I didn't. Did, did too. Did not. Did. Didn't. And then he randomly opens the doors to the girls' room. Yep. <laughs> For whatever reason, just ha- apparently in the middle of class, there just happens to be someone in there. Yeah. So she, she was squeezing a pimple on her forehead. Do you mind? Sorry, wrong door. I thought it was the desert. <laughs> I thought it was the desert. My apologies. What? And he's gone. No, he, he's already gone. I thought it was the desert. Sorry, Jake. <laughs> Not the desert. Close, close. But. So then he did go to the men's restroom. Try it. Kind of opens the door and then just lets it close again and just just walks out. Just. Kind of just walks past the office, makes sure the lady's not watching, and then decides to just literally exit the entire school. Yeah, that's what you got to do. I've gone... Yeah. Truant? 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 I, I don't know. He's hot. Even his distraction did not keep him from being amazed at the unexpected development. When I don't come back from the bathroom in five minutes or so, Mrs. Avery will send someone to check me. Or to check, and then they'll know. They'll know what I've left. That I've left school, gone, trot, whatever this word is. It's an odd word. It's uh. He thought of the folder laying on his. One who desk. is absent without permission, especially from school. One who shirks work or duty. Okay, sure. They have an exact way how to say it. Mm-hmm. Usually, they're... yeah, it's usually like there, but. Because he uses it. Apparently it's a obsolete form of trant. <laughs> but I would assume it's trant. I'm not sure. Trant pronunciation. No 
one can just have it up front. You have to actually click on something. Hmm. Anyways. They'll re uh, he thought of the folder laying on his desk. They'll read it, and they'll think I'm crazy. Uh, sure they will. Of course, because I am. Then another voice spoke. It was, he thought, the voice of the man with the bombardier eyes. The man who wore the two big guns slung low on his hips. The voice was cold, but not without comfort. No, Jake, Roland said. You're not crazy. You're lost and scared, but you're not crazy. And need fear neither. Your shadow in the morning strides behind you, nor your shadow in the evening raises to meet you. You have to find your way back home, that's all. But where do I go, Jake whispered. He stood on the sidewalk of 56th Street between Park and Madison, watching the traffic bolt past. A city bus snored by. Snored. <laughs> Laying in thin trail of blue, blah, blah, blah. Where is the effing door? But the voice of the gunslinger had fallen silent. Jake turned to his left in the direction of the East River and began to walk blindly forward. He had no idea where he was going, no idea at all. He could only hope his feet would carry him to the right place, as they had carried him to the wrong one not long ago. Any update? Truant. 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 That's our word of the day, apparently. Truant. Word of the day. Truant. But and now we go back. back in time. <laughs> Three weeks earlier. <laughs> he had left home at 8 o'clock to walk to school. And we get this weird countdown of seconds. Like how many seconds before this big event happens. Yeah, I didn't write a lot down here. Like this, this is kind of just kind of recapping, kind of yeah. what we already know. It's him leaving, and then eventually getting this, start getting these premonitions about what's about to happen. And we like so we get these seconds count that like this is going to happen. Yeah. Second, this is going to happen. Second, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Yes. It's his. It's pretty much a living nightmare because he can feel, he can feel something is coming. And says, pretty much, And now, with just over three minutes left in his ordinary life, Jake Chambers walked beneath the unseen umbrella of the force which Roland called Katet. An odd, uneasy feeling began to creep over him. At first, he thought it was a feeling of being watched, and then he realized it wasn't that at all, or not precisely that. He had felt that he had been here before, and that he was reliving a dream. He waited for it to pass, but it didn't. It grew stronger and now began to mix with the sensation he re reluctantly recognized as terror. So he's approaching that corner and he's seeing people that were in his original premonition. People that screamed and tried to run over and help him and just everything. Yep. It's like Final Destination or Happy Death Day, pretty much. Down the street, bright, bright May sunshine twinkled on a Cadillac hood ornament 
It was, Jake knew, a 1976 sedan Deville. Six seconds. The caddy was speeding up, the light was getting ready to change, and the man driving the Deville, the fat man in the blue hat with the feather stuck jauntily in his brim, meant to scat through the intersection before it could. Three seconds. Behind Jake, the man in black was lunging forward on... Lunging forward. On the young man's boombox, Love to Love You, Baby ended, and Dr. Love began. Two, the Cadillac changed to the lane nearest Jake's side of the street and charged down on the intersection. It's kill, killer grill snarling. One, Jake's breath stopped in his throat. None. Oh, Jake cried as a hand struck him firmly in the back, pushing him, pushing him into the street, pushing him out of his life, except there were no hands. So he almost falls into the street anyway, but someone grabs him and is like, whoa, look out, little hero, that traffic turned you into bratwurst. Yeah, it would have. Yeah. And it kind of was supposed to. So... That was when it happened. That was when he split down the middle and became two boys. One lay dying in the street. The other stood here on the corner, watching in dumb, stricken amazement as Don't Walk turned to walk again, and people began to cross around him just as if nothing had happened. As indeed, nothing had. I'm alive, half of his mind rejoiced, screaming with relief. Dead, the other half screamed back. Dead in the street. They're all gathering around me, and the man in black who pushed me is saying, I'm a priest. Let me through. Jake turned around, looking wildly for the priest who was not a priest. He wasn't there. Snap out of it. What's wrong with you? He didn't know. He only knew he was supposed to be lying in the street right now, getting ready to die. And in part of his mind, that did seem to be happening. His head had cleared a little by the time he had gotten to school. His mind had gone to work trying to convince him that nothing was wrong. Really, nothing at all. Maybe something a little weird had happened, some sort of psychic flash, momentary peek into one possible future. But so what? No big deal, right? The idea was actually sort of cool. The kind of thing they were always printing in the weird supermarket newspapers and Greta Shaw liked to read. He's alright, he's alright, forget about it. Yeah. Except, it wasn't. Yes. It said, I realized with dawning horror that a whole new set of memories was surfacing in his mind. It was like watching strange objects float so- slowly toward the surface of a muddy lake. I'm in a place I don't know, he thought. I mean, I will know it, or would have known it if the Cadillac had hit me. It's the way station. But the part of me that's there doesn't know that yet. That part only knows it's in the desert someplace, and there are no people. I've been crying because I'm scared. I'm scared that this might be hell. It was like being able to remember forward in time. (laughs) Well, he was going to go to his bowling thing, but he wasn't feeling good, so he left. He went home. He he kind of uh, burst in on Mrs. Shaw. (laughs) 
Uh, Jake pushed open the pantry door with both hands, his face already breaking into a stunning, smiling smile, and then froze as Mrs. Shaw, who was standing on a step stool in the back of the pantry, screamed. A can of tomato paste she had been holding dropped out of her hand. Yeah, this is him. Try- this is his obsession with the doors. Yes. This is starting. He's going back. He can get there. He can do it. And not- no. 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 Wrong no. door. I just like though that when before he leaves the bowling alley, his friend Timmy, I assume, I assume it's his friend. He's just like, well, it just says Timmy looked at his sheet. Like it gives no like we don't even know who Timmy is, but it just says, uh, "You okay? You look really pale." And it's like, uh, I think I might be coming down with a bug. Go home and go to bed, Timmy advised. Drink lots of clear liquids, gin, vodka, stuff like that. Yeah, okay. That's how you solve all your problems. It'll cure anything. You're only, you know, 11, but whatever. So, yes, he's he's started his obsession with the doors. He's already scared his housekeeper. Of course, she realizes something. Seems a bit off. He's just tired. And then we have, oh, his mother and father didn't notice anything was wrong with him. But his father didn't even get home till 9.30, and he was, and that was fine by Jake. He went to bed at 10 and lay awake in the darkness, listening to the city outside his window. Brakes, horns, wailing sirens. You died. I didn't, though. I'm right here, safe in my bed. That doesn't matter. You died, and you know it. The hell of it was, he knew both things. I don't know which voice is true, but I know I can't go on like this, so just quit it. Both of you. Stop arguing and leave me alone, okay? Please. But they wouldn't. Couldn't, apparently. And it came to Jake that he ought to get up right now and open the door to the bathroom. The other world would be there. The way station would be there. And the rest of him would be there, too. Huddled under an ancient blanket in the stable, trying to sleep. I can tell him, Jake thought excitedly. He threw back the cover, suddenly knowing that the door beside his bookcase no longer led into the bathroom, but into a world that smelled of heat and purple sage and a fear and handful of dust. A world that now lay under the shadowing wing of night. I can tell him, but I won't have to because I'll be in him. I'll be him. He raced across his darkened room, almost laughing with relief, and shoved open the door, and... And it was just his bathroom. His bathroom with a framed Marvin Gaye poster on the wall. He stood there for a long time, trying to swallow his disappointment. It wouldn't go, and it was bitter. And I have this picture that seems a little early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine even for yours is mine, early. Mine literally is right at the end where we ended at. It's closer to where it actually takes place, but <laughs> it's a pretty picture. It, it really is. But uh, one thing I did note was that he is yelling at the voices just like Roland was. Because at one point, Roland said the same thing. He's like, you guys, knock it off. Like, just stop arguing. So, yes. We are now... It's the three weeks between then and now stretched like a grim, blighted terrain in Jake's memory. A nightmare wasteland. Where there had been no peace, no rest, no respite from pain. Once again, there's that word. The wasteland. <laughs> We've now gotten the title of the book in the book for <laughs> the second time.
It's right here somewhere. Hmm. What are you looking for? I don't know. Well, he'd hope the this whole voice thing would stop. Yeah, it's right there. It's I was just in the middle. It was just somewhere yeah. I didn't hear. He'd hope the memories would stop when he reached the point and w in them where the man named Roland had allowed him to drop into the chasm under the mountain. But they didn't. Instead, they simply recycled and began to play themselves over again like a tape set to repeat and repeat until either... It either breaks or someone comes along and shuts it off. And pretty there much is that, no end. And pretty much that entire section describes how I felt before. Just like how things start repeating in your head and don't stop. And then just you just get it everything gets dark. You're just like, okay. But it's like but as of today the game <laughs> what are you throwing on the floor? Oh, that's the... There's your knife, wasn't it? Yeah. The familiar sound of the utility knife running away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, just, it jumped out. Says. Be fine. But as of today, the game was over. He'd never had a chance of winning anyway. Not really. He had given up. He had gone. I forgot how to say it. Trunt. 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 Jake Trent. walked blind. <laughs> we went through that to just forget it. It's hard. Jake it's walked blindly east along the grid work of streets, head down, with no idea where he was going or what he would do when he got there. <laughs> to which he just keeps walking, and then you know, suddenly just realizes. Wow, it's actually really nice out. <laughs> and started to feel really good. Yeah. He was not unhappy anymore. And somehow, which I maybe we need more of this in our lives, but two guys are just two businessmen, like dressed like lawyers, are playing tic-tac-toe on the side of a building. Yeah, a bit odd, a bit odd to itself, but... They mm. were just being kids... And just mm -hmm. excited and enjoying life and yeah. just wasting time and we need more of that in our lives. Makes sense, sure. He turned right, then stopped, turned and retracted his steps to the corner. He needed to walk down Second Avenue now. Yes, that was unique unequivocally correct. But this was the wrong side again. Uh, when the light changed he hurried across the street and turned right again. That feeling that sense of whiteness. Uh, rightness grew steadily stronger. He felt half mad with joy and relief. He was going to be okay. This time there was no mistake. He felt sure that he would soon begin to see people he recognized, and he had recognized the fat lady in the pretzel vendor. Whatever. Instead, he came to the bookstore. You skipped a lot. Not really. I didn't have any notes. Oh. Well, pretty much. I didn't much, care about his journey down the sidewalk. Well, no, but it was important to note that the reason why he was so un so happy is that he realized that the voices had stopped. For some reason, the voices weren't weren't there anymore. He knew he knew that they hadn't gone away, but they were just still there. And it says today it was a feeling of radiance, a sense of goodness and anticipation. It was as if as if white. This was the word that came to him, and it changed in his mind with clear and unquestionable rightness. 
It's the white, he exclaimed aloud. The coming of the white. The white hand of Saruman. <laughs> Probably not. But. <laughs> but yes, now he's at the bookstore. Yes. The Manhattan Restaurant of the Mind. What an interesting title for it. I really like it. Like, this entire bookstore, I want to exist. <laughs> like, please, if this exists, I want to go. The sign painted in the window read... Well, yeah, the whole thing, yeah. Jake went to the door, the chalkboard hung there. It looked like some kind you saw on the wall by diner or lunch rooms. Today's special. Some yes. books. Pretty. <laughs> Nothing significant about these books. Not really. Um, Pretty much, it's just cool because the whole place is set up like a restaurant. They set up this board like a menu. Like each one is fresh broiled or pan fried or hard boiled and it's talking about books. And then you walk in and it literally looks like a restaurant. Feed your need to read. Zombies. <laughs> so yes, my note was best bookstore ever. <laughs> Jake went in aware that he that he had, for the first time in three weeks, opened a door without hoping madly to find another world on the other side. Yay! So the voices have kind of pretty much just stopped for a bit, and now he's just going through life, so. He walks in, and he's just kind of looking around, and suddenly something catches his eye. It's a small little table of children's books. Which, I don't know if you remember the cover of, Char of Charlie, but it, just, it doesn't look like they described it at all. <laughs> it's like, it was a display of children's books. There wasn't much room on the table, so there was only about half a dozen of them. Alice of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, The Hobbit, Tom Sawyer, things like that. Jake had been attracted by the story book, obviously meant for very young children. On the bright green cover was an anthropomorphic yes. locomotive puffing its way up a hill. Its cow catcher, which was bright pink, wore a happy grin, and its headlights was cheerful eye, seeming to invite Jake Chambers to come inside and read all about it. Charlie the Choo Choo, the title proclaimed, Story and Pictures by Beryl Evans. Jake's mind flashed back to his final essay, with a picture of Amtrak train on the title page, and the words Choo Choo written all over and over again inside. He grabbed the book and clutched it tightly as if it might fly away if he relaxed his grip. And as he looked down at the cover, Jake found that he did not trust the smile on Charlie the Choo Choo's face. You look happy, but I think that's just the mask you wear, he thought. I don't think you're happy at all, and I don't think Charlie's your real name, either. <laughs> there were crazy thoughts to be having, undoubtedly crazy, but they did not feel crazy. They felt sane. They felt true. And then standing next to the place where Charlie the Choo had been was a tattered paperback. The cover was quite badly torn and had been mended by scotch tape, now yellow with age. The picture showed a puzzled look a looking boy and girl with a forced 
of question marks over their heads. The title of the book was Riddle de Dumb, Brain Twisters and Puzzles for Everyone. No author was credited. Jake tucked Charlie the Choo Choo under his arms and picked up the riddle book. He opened it at random and saw this. When is a door? Not a door. When it's a jar, Jake muttered. He could feel sweat popping out of his forehead, his arms, all over his body. When, it, when it's a jar. Find something, son? A mild voice inquired. Jake turned and saw a fat guy in an open-throated white shirt standing at the end of the counter. His hands were s- stuffed in the pockets of an old whatever, and a pair of half gla- <laughs> glasses were pushed up the right of the ball of his head. Yes, Jake fe- uh, said feverishly. These two, are they for sale? Everything you see is for sale, the fat guy said. The building itself would be for sale if I owned it. Alas, I only lease. <laughs> He held out his hand for the books, and for a moment, Jake balked. Then reluctantly, he handed them over. Part of him expected the guy to flee with them, and if he did, if he gave the slightest indication of trying it, Jake meant to tackle him, rip the books out of his hands, and boogie. Yeah. He needed those books. Oh, he did. Mm. By the way, I'm, Cow- I'm Tower. Calvin Tower. He stuck out his hand. Jake's eyes widened, and he took an involuntarily step back. What? Calvin Tower, which word is profanity in your language, oh, hyperborean wanderer? Huh? I just meant you look like someone goosed, you kid. Oh, sorry, he clapped Mr. Tower. He clasped Mr. Tower's large, soft hand, hoping the men wouldn't pursue it. The name had given him a jump, but he didn't know why. I'm Jake Chambers. Calvin shook his hand. Good handle, pard. Sounds like the footloose hero in a western novel. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> you look like you decided to take the day. Uh, you looked like you decided the day was a little too nice to spend in school. Oh no, we we finished up last Friday. Tower grin. Uh huh. I bet. Mm hmm. Yeah. You're still in your school uniform. Oh yeah. Come on. <laughs> Then, of course, uh, he, of course, says, oh, I assumed you would actually like these books. And it's like, Th- that sounds pretty good, actually. These are for uh, my little brother. It's his mm-hmm. birthday next week. Calvin Tower used his thumb to flip his glasses down onto his nose and had a closer look at Jake. Really? You look like an only child to me. An only child if I ever saw one enjoying a day of French leave as Mistress May trembles in her green gown just outside the bosky Delujune. Uh, come again? Never mind. And then, of course, someone else steps in. <laughs> Quit pulling the kid's chain and sell him the books, Cal. We've still got time to finish this game of chess before the end of the world. If you, you hurry, hurry up. up. <laughs> A fairly common... Of course, Cal then, of course, opens Charlie the Tutu and is like... Fairly common book, but this copy's unusually fine condition. Little kids usually rack the hell out of the ones like this. I should get $12 for it. Ya thief. Ya thief! The man who was reading the the plague said. Plague? No, it's the plague. Okay, reading the plague said. And the other browser laughed. Calvin Tower paid no attention. But I can't bear to dock you that much on a day like this. Seven bucks, it is yours. Plus tax, of course. 
Here's a book you can have for free. Consider it a gift. <laughs> and of course, you know, he, he kind of freaks out thinking, uh, oh, like, do I even have money in my wallet? And luckily, he has exactly the right amount that he needs. So they're like, hey, don't hurry up. You should have some coffee and, you know, join us. It's like, uh, there's some place I have to be. As long as it's not back to school. No, not school. That way lies madness. I think that's the truth. <laughs> not bad. Not bad at all. Maybe the younger generation isn't going to hell after all. Aaron, what do you think? Oh, they're going to hell all right, Aaron said. The boy is just an exception to the rule. Maybe. I love he keeps calling. The, don't mind that cynical old fart Calvin Tower said. Motor on. Oh, hyper barren wonder. I wish I were 10 or 11 again with a beautiful day like this ahead of me. Thanks for the books, Jake said. No problem. That's what we're here for. Come on back sometime. I'd like to. Well, you know where we are. Yes, Jake thought. Now if I only knew where I was. He stopped just outside the bookstore and flipped open the metal riddle book again. I definitely didn't read that right. And flipped open the riddle book again, this time to page one, where there was a short, uncredited introduction. Riddles are perhaps the oldest of all the games people still play today. It began, the gods and the goddess of Greek myth teased each other with riddles, and there were employed as teaching tools in ancient Rome. The Bible contained several good riddles. One of the most famous of these was told by Samson on a day he was married to D Delilah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Let's go with it. It's Delilah. Still like in New York City. Oh, Jesus. How do we always break out in songs? You so pretty. You know what? Kit Kat enjoyed it a lot last time. More yes, songs. But it's Hey There, Delilah. Really? I, Delilah. Really? I love that song. We hear it all the time. And I enjoy it. Every time? Every time. Every time. Okay. I like that song. It, it, but hearing it every day. I like both the songs by, um, you know, the plain light white tees that we play. So, I don't it's enjoyable. Every single day. It's enjoyable. Delilah. It's like out in the Out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. It's a very complex riddle. Yes, it Especially is. Especially once really we get is. the answer of like... Nope. No, I'm not in a million years. He asked the riddle of several young men who attended his wedding, confident they would not be able to guess the answer. The young men, however, got Delilah aside and she whispered the answer to them. Samson was furious and had the young men put to death for cheating. In the old days, you see, riddles were taken much more seriously than they are today, which we've heard this exact same thing from Roland. Good old Roland. Good old Roland. By the way, the answer to Samson's riddle and all the other riddles in the book can be found in the section at the back. We only ask that you give each puzzle a fair chance before you peek. Jake turned to the back of the book, somehow knowing what he would find even before he was there. Beyond the page marked answers, there was nothing but a few torn fragments in the back cover. The section had been ripped out. He stood there for a moment, thinking... 
than on an impulse that didn't really feel like an impulse at all. Jake walked back inside the Manhattan restaurant of the mind. Calvin Tower looked up from his chessboard. Change your mind about that cup of coffee? Oh, hyperbaron wanderer. Oh, what a name. What a name. Uh, no, I wanted to ask you if you knew the answer to a riddle. Fire away, Tower invited and moved his a pawn. Samson told it. The strong guy in the Bible. It goes like this. Out of the eater came forth meat, said Aaron. Deep meow. They don't get the reference, okay? <laughs> but we do. Swinging around again to look at Jake. And out of the strong came forth the sweetness. That the one? Yeah, it is, Jake said. How'd you do? Oh, I've been around the block a time or two. Listen to this. He threw his head back and sang in a full melodious... Melodious. Sure, voice. Samson and the lion got in attack. What? Samson and a lion got in attack, and Samson climbed up on the lion's back. Well, you read about lion killing men with their paws, but Samson put his hands round the lion's jaws. He rode that lion till the beast fell dead, and the bees made honey in the lion's head. And winked, and then laughed at Jake's surprisingly surprised expression. That that answer your question, friend? That's way too complicated. That's way too complicated. Does not answer my question. A song doesn't need to be the answer to the riddle. Uh, Jake's eyes widen. Wow, good song. Where'd you hear it? Oh, Aaron knows them all, Tower said. He was hanging around Bleacher Street back before Bob Dylan knew how to blow more than open G on his honer. Uh, at least if you believe him. It's an old spiritual, Aaron said to Jake and then to Tower. By the way, you're in check, fatso. Not for long, Tower said and moved his bishop. Aaron promptly bagged it. Tower muttered something under his breath. To Jake, it sounded suspiciously like... <laughs> yep. Yep, like something not very pleasant. Let's go with that. So the answer is lion, Jake said. Aaron shook his head. Only half the answer. Samson's riddle is the is a double, my friend, and the other half the answer is honey. Get it? Yes, I think so. Okay, now try this one. Aaron closed his eyes for a moment and then recited. I know the answer to this one. I've heard yeah. it multiple times before in the yes. past. But uh, what can run but never walk? Has a mouth but never talks? Has a bed but never sleeps? Has a head but never weeps? Smartass. Tower growled at Aaron. <laughs> Jake thought it over, then shook his head. He could have been worried it longer. He found this business of riddles both fascinating and charming, but he had a strong feeling that he ought to be moving on from here, that he had other business on 2nd Avenue. I give up. No, you don't, Aaron said. That's what you do with modern riddles. But a real riddle isn't a joke, kiddo. It's a puzzle. Turn it over in your head. If you still can't get it, make an excuse to come back another day. If you need another excuse, Fatso here does make a pretty good cup of joe. Okay, Jake said. Thanks. I will. Okay. <laughs> but as he left, a s- certainty stole over him. He could never enter the Manhattan Restaurant in the Mind again. Well, he could, but he would. <laughs> He could. He would never. Yeah. <laughs> but as he left, a, cert- a certainty stole over him. He would never enter the Manhattan Restaurant of the Mind again. 
Dun, dun, dun. More foreshadowing. Always more foreshadowing. You can never have too much <laughs> foreshadowing. So the whole uh, Aaron thing that happened is while we were on our short little pause, we decided to try the pronunciation of Aaron's last name, which is Italian. And we happened to press on one of the buttons and it was just a horrifying voice that was just deep in you. It sounded like a cat trying to pronounce his name. It was bad. So next week we will continue on more with the second half of that chapter, which is another, let's see. It seemed really short. 26 pages. Yeah. So not too bad. 26 pages and then we'll be over to Dor and Damon. You and your Damon's. Can't pronounce things like normal people. Damons. Demon. Damon. Demon. Damon. Damon. It's all for you, Damien. Damien. <laughs> yes, we'll continue on word with the other. So, but that was really good. I really enjoyed that. Jake is back in the picture yes. again. We have our Jake back. Almost. Almost. We have a broken Jake back. Yes, yes. Looking Just for like a door. Just like we have a broken Roland. Looking for a very special door. Yes. And we just... It's a journey. It's a journey. Mm. And I really want that, you know, bookstore to exist. Yeah, it's a cool bookstore. I wonder if they actually have it somewhere. If someone's created it. I wouldn't be surprised. No, no. I mean, it's a cool idea. I don't know how popular bookstores are these days, but they're not like they in were. In bigger cities, they are. They're a lot more popular than smaller towns. But yeah. What's it like in New York City? You're a thousand miles away. But tonight you look so pretty. Yes, you do. I love how you turn the song into a. You need a fiddle going? Uh, get a cello going. Oh, there you go. See, he's going to be bringing his... Uh... <laughs> That's asking a lot. It really is. <laughs> one day we'll get him to play his cello on one of our shows. Yeah, if I ever feel like I'm halfway decent. It's, it's uh, What's in the Box. It's going to be one of our What's in the Box episodes. Maybe that, because I'll be back. My place would be a little easier to move the cello over there. Oh. And we'll be sitting down for quite a while, so... We'll have a lot to chit-chat about. He'll be, uh, he'll be learning, apparently, Hey There, Delilah. Hey There, Delilah. It's a good song. It's a good song. All right. As always, you can reach me at Stars and Travel. Reach Amanda at KZ Pup. Reach the show at Beyond Our Focus on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and podcast services around the globe. Probably, maybe. Maybe. We think so. Sweden. Sweden. Ah, <laughs> uh, like the video if you did like it at all if you got this far and you actually heard me say that you probably liked it you didn't watch the whole thing if you didn't uh so flick over the youtube and if you're on podcast services throw a like on there throw some comments down below we'd like to know what you think and what you think of the show and subscribe to the youtube channel check out our other two new shows that we have going on now we have a show on wednesday called unlocking the beyond this will be the what Third, second or third episode coming out. <laughs> we, don't don't know. Know. <laughs> we don't know what it is. It's um, coming out next week, so it'd be the third. We only have two episodes, okay. so, yes. so yeah. In two days one. from now, the okay. third episode will be yes. coming out. And then on Friday we have our third, third episode of I'm Not Sorry, which exactly. is our encouragement podcast. So if you need a little encouragement in your life, hop on over there. Mm-hmm. 
very much like this episode. It's, it's a cool a, little yeah. new show we're really enjoying. Um, I think it might actually be getting some traffic, or at least one of them is, because somehow I think my Twitter might be getting traffic. I haven't been over there, but I haven't been over there. But get out your Twitter. Waffle the pup thing has three new views for some reason, and my the beyond our focus isn't a link to that in any way. But my Twitter is my waffles the pup thing Twitter. That is. His well, how Twitter about you go account. over there? How so. about you actually go over there? How about you actually use the Twitter that we pimp out on the last hundred shows we put because up on? Because I'm awful, okay? I'm go to your Twitter! Yeah. No one's going to mine! So I, I will go bring Waffles back to life, apparently, because he's he has some views, and he hasn't been alive since June or July of last year, I think. It's been a bit. Yep. It's, it's, it's been a very big bit. Yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed the video. Like I said, like, comment, and please subscribe. Hey, friends. Yeah, yeah anybody you think you might like it. We, we're pretty pretty happy with our new podcast. We're enjoying them quite a bit. Go check all of them out. we got stuff coming out five days a week. And here in a couple weeks, we'll have uh, What's in the Box. Our very first extended What's in the Box. Yeah, since it's down the... One episode a month. It feels like it's so... It just feels like we... Yes, it's... It, it's a little weird doing it one time a, a month. But it's going to be a lot longer. Oh, it's going to be longer. It's going to be about the size of three of the normal episodes. <laughs> so it's going to be... It's going to be something. We're going to see how that goes. We're going to see how we feel sitting down for three-ish hours and how that goes. But I think we're done here. We've rambled, I think, a little, little, little long. So any final thoughts? We're good. Till next time, long days and pleasant nights.